You're listening to Bible Truth Feed, a podcast by Christadelphianvideo.org for Christadelphians and all those seeking the truth about the Bible message. Join us now as we present our latest episode. This series of episodes produced by the Swansea Christadelphians are of a shorter nature, but they deal with Russia in Bible prophecy, covering four different aspects of their relationship with those outside of themselves. And the historical background of Russia is identified using the Hebrew and other earlier historians. And then this lays the basis for the Latter-day Prophecies, which will be and will have a major impact on not just Israel, but the whole world in general. News reports on TV, radio and the internet continue to provide us with details of the Russian invasion of the Ukraine. Some will ask that if there is a God, What will he do about this conflict? As Bible students, we believe that the Bible is the word of God, and so we will explore what the Bible has to say. We intend to provide four short videos looking at what the Bible teaches under the theme of Russia, Israel, Christ and you, to find out what the Bible has to say. Each of these subjects is closely connected, and the resulting picture that the Bible gives us is the solution to war. It also shows how we as individuals can have a real hope for the future. In doing this, we do not comment on the political aspects of any of the actions that have been or are being taken, but rather on what the Bible teaches. Let us begin by looking at the area in which the current conflict is taking place and its history, as this is something that is relevant to the present war. It is a fact of history that at one time there was a federation of nations that were united together, whose centre of government was in Kiev. It was known as Kivien Rosh. The name Rus can be quickly seen to form part of the names of Russia and Belarus, and Kiev associates this nation with the present capital city of Ukraine. Mr Putin is correct in his understanding of history and referred to this in a document that he wrote, which was posted on the internet and has been referred to in recent news reports. Historically, there were close ties between these three countries. A Russian controlled government in Kiev would result in the three countries being once again united under a common rule. If we look at the map, we see the extent of the state of Rus at one point in history. The extent of the territory that it covers shows us that it was indeed the largest state in Europe at that time. It also shows that its eastern borders, including Moscow, and a large area of what is today central Russia. Like many ancient countries, borders and rulership changed over time and it subsequently ceased to become a large European state. 
Let us now see what the Bible says. The prophet Ezekiel prophesied in around the 6th century BC. The word that God caused him to write includes a rash reference to the land of Rosh. Although this word is not exactly the same word as Rus, the similarity is undeniable. We will look at the prophecy in more detail in our next video. But for the present, our interest is to explore whether or not this is a reference to Russia, independently of the similarity between the two words. While we are looking at what the prophet has to say, notice how he sees Rosh and the nations of Magog, Meshach and Tubal. The prophet sees them as a heavily armed confederacy of powers. They are distinguished by their army, means of transport and the armaments that they possessed. Contrast the picture that the prophet sees with what we know to be true of present-day Russia. It is independently described as one of the largest military forces with around one million men and as having considerable armaments. The prophecy of Ezekiel in the 38th chapter cannot be seen to have been fulfilled in history. So we look for a nation today that it's that the prophet might be describing. And modern day Russia fits the description that the prophet has. Now we consider the word Rosh. One of the most respected scholars of ancient Hebrew, a man called Jesenius, compiled a lexicon, which is a primary point of reference for most Bible students who wish to learn the meaning of the original words that form part of the Hebrew text of the Old Testament of the Bible. On the meaning of Rosh, he identifies it, together with the other nations that Ezekiel mentions, as the Russians. He refers to two ancient historians as a basis for this. This understanding goes back even further in time, as Josephus, a Jewish historian of the first century, Rites of Magog, another nation referred to by Ezekiel, as being part of Scythia, a people who in the past occupied the territory of Rus. All this shows that Russia does appear in the Bible. Our consideration of what God says in Ezekiel 38 shows that Russia is not only referred to in the Bible, but is referred to as a highly powerful military power. The accuracy of that detail today not only shows that what the Bible says is true, but also shows that what Ezekiel saw relates to Russia as we see her today. It provides us with confidence that further details regarding Russia that are contained in this Bible prophecy can also be trusted as being correct. Now Ezekiel was a Jew, and his prophecy was written to Jews, so unsurprisingly, the prophecy proceeds to foretell events relating to Russia in its dealings with Israel. Having established that Russia does appear in the Bible, in our next video entitled Russia and Israel in Bible Prophecy, we will see what else Ezekiel predicts. We hope that you have found this video interesting. 
and would be delighted if you view the next video in the series. If you would like to do so, then the link will be posted on the Swansea Christadelphians Facebook page. The size of the Bible can make it difficult to know how to start to explore what it has to say. And so we are arranging a series of seminars that have been specially developed to help both new and more experienced readers in being able to read it more effectively. Again, the links will appear on the Swansea Christadelphian Facebook page. If you would like to read more about Bible prophecy, a free booklet is available online. All these resources are free and without obligation. As in all things, all these arrangements are subject to the will of Almighty God. Thank you once again for viewing this video. In the previous video, we explored whether or not Russia appeared in the Bible. We saw that historically there was a confederation that comprised the nations of Russia, Belarus and Ukraine, known as Rus, which was at one time the largest state in Europe. Its land extended as far east as Moscow and its capital was Kiev. We learned that at another time the same area was known as Rosh its name being obviously connected with Rus. Rosh appears in the Bible as being a well-armed nation, which is a feature of modern-day Russia. Rosh is mentioned by Ezekiel, a Jewish prophet, and in this, the second video in our short series, we learn more about what Ezekiel says about Russia and how Russia will be involved in the future of Israel. In doing this, we do not comment on the political aspects of any actions that have been or are being taken, but rather on what the Bible teaches. There is ample historical evidence that Rosh, together with the other nations that are linked with Rosh in Ezekiel's prophecy, represent Russia today. Ezekiel was a Jewish prophet, and his prophecy directed towards the people of Israel, and so God's words through him concern the future of the land of Israel. Three times he refers to Rosh in relation to future events that would take place in that land. The Bible clearly tells us that Russia will be involved in a significant way in the future of the land of Israel, but what will that involvement be? The connection between Ezekiel's words and modern-day Russia has found its way into the headlines of the Jerusalem Post one of Israel's leading daily newspapers. In the last week, the references have been prompted by the Russian invasion of Ukraine, but it is not that invasion that this is the subject of Ezekiel's prophecy. The prophet clearly predicts a time when it will be Israel that will be under the threat of Russian invasion. The paper goes on to show that not only some Christians but also some Orthodox Jewish teachers have correctly understood that the prophet is referring to Russia. We should have no doubts that the Bible prophecy will be fulfilled. 
In chapter 38 of Ezekiel, the prophet shows that Rosh, or Russia, will come down into the land that is brought back from the sword, that is gathered out of many peoples upon the mountains of Israel. He is referring to his previous chapter, when he had predicted that Israel would be taken from the countries into which they had been scattered, and would be brought back into their own land. They would be living on the mountains of Israel. We know that this prophecy had one fulfilment in the events that took place after the Second World War, when Jews returned to the land of Israel in great numbers. And the present state of Israel was established. Although the land of Israel is small in area, it is a country which is highly influential in world affairs. The prophecy of its people returning to the land is seen in that there were less than 200,000 Jews in the land in 1930. But now latest estimates are that this number of Jews in the land has risen to almost 7 million. This is an undeniable miracle that has taken place in the, fulf the fulfillment of what the Bible predicted over 2,000 years earlier through the prophet Ezekiel. Why, may you think, should Russia ever wish to invade Israel? Is such an action likely? It is easy to see why the Jewish people might not sit well in the view of Mr. Putin. The president of Ukraine, who has bravely encouraged his people to resist the military might of Russia, is himself a Jew. A Jewish newspaper described him as Mr. Putin's number one enemy. In fact, a recent newspaper report suggested that he had escaped three assassination attempts in the previous week. The Bible book of Esther tells of a time in the history of Israel when one man, Haman, on failing to receive respect from a Jew, set about to destroy the Jewish people as his revenge. In that case, Haman was himself destroyed. However, Ezekiel does tell us exactly why Russia will seek to invade Israel. He describes it as being to take a great spoil. The language used describes the currency of the day, silver and gold, cattle and goods. Interestingly, we know from our own rising energy prices that Russia is a major support exporter of gas and would benefit greatly from a high gas price. And much of that gas is exported to Europe. Just look at another headline. Can Israel become Europe's gas supplier? In recent years, Israel has accessed large gas fields in the Mediterranean Sea and is in the position that it could replace part of Russia's existing supply of gas. In fact, agreements have been reached to build a pipeline to Italy, which stored as the US president preferred to support Russian gas being piped via Ukraine. Could it be that this will change his mind? Is this the spoil that might attract Russia? And could it provide another motive for the invasion of Israel? The idea of Russia being attracted to dominate in Israel is more real than we might have first appreciated and shows that conditions may be developing that lead to the fulfillment of Ezekiel's prophecy. On the 24th of February, the same day that the Russian president announced a special military operation in Ukraine, 
and explosions were heard in a number of cities in Ukraine. On the same day that Russian troops entered Ukraine, an Israeli newspaper reported that Russia had announced that they did not recognize the sovereignty of Israel over the Golan Heights. That this area is of great strategic importance to Israel. Outside of Israeli control, it would provide a higher edge given an ideal location for guns and missiles that would endanger a large area of northern Israel. In Israeli hands, it provides significant help in Israel's ability to defend itself from both Syria and Lebanon. These are facts that are well known to Russia. Ezekiel predicted conflict between Israel and Russia, and current events provide ample evidence of the reliability of what God has said through the prophet. It shows us that we can believe that all that the prophet said will surely come to pass. So what else did the prophet say? What was the result of the conflict that he predicted? What is God's answer to war? We hope that you have found this video interesting and would be delighted if you would view the next video in the series when we will see the part that Jesus will play in the events that are to come on the earth. If you would like to do so, then the link will be posted on the Swansea Christadelphian Facebook page. If you would like to view the previous talk in the series, it is on the Swansea Christadelphian YouTube page. The size of the Bible can make it difficult to know how to start to explore what it has to say, and so we are arranging a series of seminars that have been specially developed to help both new and more experienced readers in being able to read it more effectively. Again, the links will appear on the Swansea Christadelphian Facebook page. If you would like to read more about Bible prophecy, a free booklet is available online. All these resources are free and without obligation. As in all things, all these arrangements are subject to the will of Almighty God. Thank you again for watching this video. videos we have seen that Russia appears in the Bible under the name of Rosh. In Ezekiel's prophecy God tells us that Rosh will seek to invade Israel. The reason that is stated in that chapter is to take a spoil. We considered whether or not current world affairs suggested that there was any possibility of this happening and we found that Israel has reserves of gas and could seek to supply Europe in the place of Russia. If this happened, it would have a negative impact on the economy of Russia and the financial benefit might form part of the reasons why Russia would invade Israel. On Saturday last, the Prime Minister of Israel was the first Western leader to meet with President Putin. It was no routine meeting as it occurred on the Jewish Sabbath and Mr. Bennett, the Israeli leader, is known to be a man who normally keeps the Jewish Sabbath, 
which would have normally have prevented him from traveling to Moscow on a Saturday. In this our third video, we look more at what the prophet has to say and how it leads to the cessation of all wars. In this, we do not comment on the political aspects of any actions that have been or being taken, but rather on what the Bible teaches. The next prediction of Ezekiel includes the identification of some of those nations that will be part of the nations that will accompany Russia. Bear in mind that Ezekiel prophesied over 2,500 years ago. If he identifies nations that are likely, based upon what we know of their current day attitude towards Russia, to side with Russia, then it provides compelling proof that the Bible is the word of God. It also gives us the utmost confidence that we can believe all that Ezekiel and other prophets tell us will actually happen. It demonstrates that if these alignments exist now, then the remainder of the prophecy will happen soon. The prophet shows that Russia will bring with them other peoples that will specifically include three nations who are named in verse 3. Persia, Libya and Ethiopia. These are nations that are from very different parts of the earth, but remarkably they're all known to have close ties with Russia. Persia is modern-day Iran, and Russia is a long-time supplier of arms to Iran. Libya is in the midst of a long-running civil war where Russian mercenaries are fighting on one side. Ethiopia has aligned itself militarily with Russia. These are very viable facts, not speculations. If this is not convincing enough, let's look at the area around modern-day nation of Ethiopia in a little more detail. Sudan and Eritrea, nations that form part of ancient Ethiopia, are also close to Russia. Sudan has a Russian naval facility. And just look at the nations who voted in support of Russia on two recent votes in the United Nations. On the second occasion, there were only two nations that voted against a, a, a resolution condemning the Russian invasion. Russia itself and Eritrea. What more proof could we wish for of the inspiration of scripture and of the confidence that we can have in all that it says? In verse 13 of Ezekiel 38, there are names that appear of nations that question Russia's intention to invade Israel. They appreciate that Russia is coming to take a spoil, and with one voice they oppose her. The first is Tarshish. This name is associated in the Bible with a seafaring people. However, earlier in the prophecy of Ezekiel, in the 27th chapter, he refers to tin being supplied to the Middle East by Tarshish. History tells us that around 2000 BC, Cornwall and Devon were supplying tin to the Middle East. This is not the only point that identifies Tarshish with the UK. The prophet speaks of the young lions thereof. This is not stated literally, as the young lions join in the challenge to Russia. However, nations such as the US and the former British Commonwealth nations such as Australia, all being comparatively young nations that have stemmed from Britain, 
would fit this description so well. How about Sheba and Dedan? These are nations that lived in the Arabian Peninsula and correspond to Saudi Arabia today. The UK, US and former Commonwealth nations have been long-time supporters of Israel and remarkably Saudi Arabia is fast developing much closer ties with Israel. In a miraculous way, this again shows the reliability of God's word. So where does Jesus fit into this? Ezekiel then shows what will happen to the invading force. In clear terms, he shows that these nations will be overcome by God. In Ezekiel 39 verse 4, he states that the invader would fall on the mountains of Israel. How could such a mighty power fall? In relation to the conflict with Ukraine, Russia has stated that she would use nuclear weapons for the nations who were to join the Ukrainians and stand against her. This has understandably caused fear in the minds of many in our own land who have visions of the horrific devastation that nuclear war could bring. UK newspapers have published articles advising what UK residents should do in the event of a nuclear war. The possibility of such an attack has struck fear into the hearts of many. Yet the Bible prophesied that such times would come. The Lord Jesus spake of times when men's hearts would fail them for fear as they looked for what might happen on the earth. And that is just what is happening now. So should we be afraid? Well, the Lord Jesus did not stop there. He said that when these things begin to come to pass, we should expect his return. Not only would he return, but he would return in power, power such as no nation on earth can resist. So what will he do? He will return to rule the world. His reign will be all-powerful, a greater power than all the military might of the nations today, a power that will be used to change the present world into a totally different place. One thing that he will do is to bring peace. The quality of our peace is like nothing we now experience. Our current peace is achieved in part by nuclear and military deterrence. The peace that Jesus brings will be different. Isaiah, another Old Testament prophet, foretold of how weapons of war would be transformed into agricultural implements, which would be used for good rather than destruction. The contrast between the rule of Jesus and what we see today is demonstrated dramatically by the United Nations not being able to stop war in Ukraine. Yet, outside the UN building, there's a sculpture with wording that is based upon that same prophecy of Isaiah. Ironically, it was donated by Russia. Significantly, the words of the prophet was altered. God said through Isaiah, that they should beat their spears into plowshares and that it would be done when Jesus would return to be God's judge over the nations. The wording was changed to read, let us beat swords into plowshares. Man thought that he had the answer to war. Events have proved that he has no answer at all. But mercifully, God has the answer and he will make it happen. So how will it this happen? When will it happen? 
How can we be sure that we can experience that new life that God has in store when Jesus shall return over the earth? What was the result of the conflict that Ezekiel predicted? What is God's answer to war? We hope that you have found this video interesting and would be delighted if you would view the last video in the series when we will see the part that you can have in the world when it is changed by Jesus at his return. If you would like to do so, then the link will be posted on the Swansea Christadelphian Facebook page. If you'd like to hear the previous talks in the series, they are now on the Swansea Christadelphian YouTube page. The size of the Bible can make it difficult to know how to start to explore what it has to say, and so we are arranging a series of seminars that have been specially developed to help both new and more experienced readers in being able to read it more effectively. Again, the links will appear on the Swansea Christadelphia Facebook page. If you would like to read more about Bible prophecy, a free booklet is available online. All these resources are free and without obligation. As in all things, all these arrangements are subject to the will of Almighty God. Thank you again for watching this video. In our previous videos, we saw how Russia features in Bible prophecy. Both Jews and Christians have appreciated this and have questioned whether or not the prophecies concerning Russia might soon be fulfilled. It is true that the Rosh shown in the Bible shows great similarities to modern day Russia. We then saw how the prophet foretold that Russia would seek to invade the land of Israel with the object of taking a spoil. We compared this with what we know about the current world political situation and saw that Israel has large gas reserves and there has been speculation that Israel might take steps to replace the gas that Russia has been supplying to Europe. It is easy to see that Russia could react militarily to such action as they would benefit very great significantly from controlling Israeli gas supplies. We're not saying that this will happen but rather that we can see that the prophecy could so easily find its fulfillment in this or another way. We saw that nations that are specifically mentioned by Ezekiel as being confederate with Russia, Iran, Ethiopia and Libya, are countries in which Russia already has significant influence. All of this shows that God's word to Ezekiel can be trusted and believed. This then helps us to have faith that the solution to world problems will be that which we learned from the remainder of Ezekiel's prophecy and others in the Bible, as being the return of Jesus to set up God's kingdom on earth. This provides us with great comfort as we see the present troubles in the world, knowing that God has an answer. In our last short, short video, we look at how we can be a part of Bible prophecy and share in a new world order that will soon come. In doing this, we do not co uh, comment on the political aspects of any actions that have been or are being taken, but rather on what the Bible teaches. Let's look at some more of what Ezekiel has to say. At the end of the part of the prophecy that involves Rosh or Rosh, 
He sees a time when the Jewish people will be fully regathered into their land. One of the miracles of the last century was that, as predicted in the Bible, the nation of Israel would be reborn and they would return to their land. This happened, and in 1948, against great odds, the present state of Israel was formed, and the land has been transformed from one in which few Jews lived to one where approaching seven million Jews now reside. The prediction of this miracle by the prophet over 2,500 years ago gives us yet another reason to believe the Bible. Now Ezekiel foretells that the remaining Jews will also be regathered. We also learn that he has predicted will result in Israel being brought back to God. They will no longer place their trust in their own armaments, but will come to trust God, the one who will have defeated Russia and our allies by the hand of Jesus. Those who believe in what God tells us in his word, the Bible, and act upon it, and change their lives so that they are lived in accordance with his commands, will, like reformed Israel, be able to experience the kingdom of God that God, Jesus will set up. This kingdom will have a king, will be centred in Jerusalem, but will be so different from all present governments. Just look what David wrote in Psalm 72 about this new kingdom that would come. A different quality of ruler, one that would enforce right laws with no injustice. Famine would be taken away, there would be peace and a removal of all pain and suffering. This is something that we can be absolutely confident will happen as we gain faith seeing Bible prophecies being fulfilled before our very eyes. What a difference to what we see in the world at present and how blessed we are to be invited to share such a hope. But is this going to happen soon? A Russian invasion of Israel may seem a long way off. We must be aware that when Jesus defeats the confederacy that comes against the land of Israel, he has already returned to the earth. It does not need Russia to be on the borders of Israel before his return. However, we should also be aware that Russia is currently already on the borders of Israel. Although the eyes of the world are fixed on Russia and Ukraine, it is also a fact that Russia has a significant military presence in Syria the country that adjoins Israel to the north. Remember that we also learned from Ezekiel that Persia, modern day Iran, would be with Russia, and she too has a military presence in Syria. The return of Jesus could be much sooner than you might think, and surely the world needs his intervention urgently. So having learned that the Bible not only predicts conflict, but also provides a wonderful vision of the kingdom of God on earth, with peace, freedom from pain, and all the other great blessings that he will bring, how can we have a part in the fulfillment of these prophecies? To answer this, let's go back to learn from a man whose life is recorded in the Old Testament, Abraham. He was a man of very great faith, to whom God made wonderful promises. One of the promises was that he and his descendants would inherit the land of Israel. Abraham died thousands of years ago, and in order that he can inherit the land, God will raise him from the dead at Jesus' return. He was promised that he would then live in the land forever, so that the life that he would be given at his resurrection would be eternal. 
Paul in the New Testament shows how those who respond to Bible teaching concerning Jesus can also inherit the blessings that God promised Abraham, which includes eternal life, which will be given to them at Jesus' return. The key to this inheritance is that we should be Christ's. Now, this is not a mere belief in the existence of Christ. The Bible teaches belief in specific truths concerning Jesus and the kingdom of God, and responding to those truths in baptism and living a different life now is what God requires. All of this can be learned from the Bible as it is God's word which we can trust without reservation. We encourage you to look into these things while there is time, because as we have already seen, the return of Jesus could be very near. Some say that they do not understand how that if there is a God, then why he allows so much suffering to take place on the earth. When we see all the things that are currently happening, we can understand why they ask that question. Just look at the answer that Peter gives. He shows that although it may seem as though God is delaying the righting of all the world's wrongs, the real reason is that he is waiting for you and others to respond to his word. What a thought this is. God is waiting for you to respond. This is a personal appeal to you from God, the one that created all things. He promises you a wonderful life, one of a very different quality in his kingdom a kingdom that we are left in no doubt by Ezekiel and other prophets will come about. We hope that you have found this video interesting. Jesus said that no one knows the exact time that God has set for his return, but exhorts us that when he does, we may all be prepared and waiting. If you would like to know more about God's wonderful message, then please do contact us. Further information is on the Swansea Christadelphian website or message us on our Facebook page, and we really would be delighted to hear from you. If you would like to view the previous talks in this series, they are on the Swansea Christadelphian YouTube page. The size of the Bible can make it difficult to know how to start to explore what it has to say, and so we are arranging a series of seminars that have been specially developed to help both new and more experienced readers in being able to read it more effectively. Again, the links will appear on the Swansea Christian Facebook page. A free booklet is available online, which tells you how you can share in the wonderful promises that God has made, which can be accessed using the link on the Facebook page. All these resources are free and without obligation. As in all things, all these arrangements are subject to the will of Almighty God. Thank you for watching this video. Thank you for joining us. We hope you found the episode helpful. Don't forget, most of these episodes are also available as videos on our video channel, cdvideo.org. So head over and take a look. If you have any comments or questions or suggestions, 
please get in touch or leave us a voice message. We love to hear your feedback. You can email us at btf at cdvideo.org. If you enjoyed the episode, then please share it with others. Until next time, may God bless you in your studies and your walk towards God's kingdom. Amen. Thank you.